0: Welcome back to The Abnormal Christian. I am Brad Mason. I am here again with my wonderful wife, Natasha Mason. Hello, hello. And there she is. Hello, hello. So we're glad to be back with you on another episode. Uh, Don't really know what count we're on now. We're losing count of the episodes. I think we're just kind of, with all the holidays and things that are going on, um, things just kind of blend together. Correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. So uh, we are at a slight disadvantage in this episode. Um, we have had some technical difficulties. Um, so uh, one of us is wearing headphones and the other one is I not. I got
1: no headphones.
0: So she can't really hear very well, you know, how she's doing, but she's doing fantastic so far. <laughs> so anyway, um, we want to come and really kind of talk about uh, something I heard in the last month or so. Um A subject matter. Um, This title, we're probably going to title this podcast episode, um, God Doesn't Need Us. God doesn't... Or does he? No, This title, God Doesn't oh, okay. Need Us. So it's, it's a declarative statement, right? Um, and really this comes from a couple of different positions or ideas, things that are going on currently. A couple, uh, maybe an episode or two ago, we did an episode about Bethel Church in Redding, California. Um, the little girl that had died or passed away and they were um, declaring, they were demanding of God that he should raise her from the dead. They were saying in their own ability and strength that they should be able to do this because... Um, they had a right as the sons of God and the signs
1: and wonders,
0: right. That since Jesus did signs and wonders and the apostles did signs and wonders, um, we should be able to proclaim those same things. And so a week went by and sadly, I mean, be honest, uh, the little girl has not been raised from the dead. Um, so, uh, I think three or four days ago, actually before Christmas, um, they had said they were going to go ahead and do the funeral service and they were going to, you know, and, uh, the, um, Bill Johnson, the speaker there, I won't really call him a preacher because I don't, I don't look at him that way. Um, the, the man who speaks there, he said, you know, well, you have to look at this and see that this really brought the body of Christ together. Something good came out of it. And, it's, and he said, while we were petitioning the Lord, we were asking the Lord to do something, which is absolutely not what they were doing. They were not asking God to do anything. They were demanding that something be done. They were trying to use the name of Jesus to make something happen. Um, and there's a big difference between asking the Lord and demanding of the Lord. Um, and where does this idea come from? Where does, this, where does this thought pattern come from that we have a right to demand anything from God? Um, so that leads us to this next portion. I'm going to play a video we've or audio in this case. Um, I'm going to play an audio for you so you can hear. This is from Stephen Futrick. He is a uh, speaker. Call him a speaker, too. Um, He's a speaker (laughs) in Charlotte, North Carolina, not far from where we live. He has a massive church there, mega church, and he says some really stupid stuff a lot of times, and I'm not afraid to throw him out there and say it, because what you're getting ready to hear...
1: In our humble opinion.
0: This is not a humble opinion. Listen to this. What you're getting ready to hear, I wanted you to hear it from him personally and not from me, because it's easy if I say, well, there was an article where somebody said that and here's what they said, right. right. you could look at it and say, well, maybe he made that up. Maybe he didn't really say that. Maybe you took it the wrong way. Maybe uh, maybe you misunderstood what he was trying to say. And in this case, we, the wonderful world of the internet and the rest of the things that go on, we have the audio of Stephen Future giving a, an opinion that really ties into what we're talking about here. And I want you to hear this. So we're going to play this real quick and you can get a listen.
2: It's not how God sees you that determines where your life ends up. If it had been, Moses wouldn't have died in the wilderness. It's not how God sees me. It's how I think God sees me that determines where I end up. I'll prove it to you all the way from Genesis chapter one. Remember, let us make man in our image. God needed someone to show the world what he looked like or else he would have just been a concept. God would have been an abstract theory. So he made man and woman to reflect who he was. He needed someone to show his nature through. So he made me and you. And when you insult the product, you insult the manufacturer. Which is why it's good to know our theology. That he made me from the dust. That God took something that seemed filthy. And something that seemed finite. And made something that would reflect what is eternal.
0: Um, if you if you were paying attention, hopefully you listened to that. If you have to rewind the podcast a couple times, I would like you to go back and listen to it a few more times, just so you can grasp the ridiculousness of what he is saying. Um, in his own words, we heard it from his own mouth, he said that God would just be a concept had he not made us to reflect him. That God would have just been a thought or an idea Uh, which doesn't even make sense. Who would have had that thought and idea had no one been here?
1: He needs us to be able to show his nature through.
0: Why does he need us to be able to show his nature through? Did God exist before we were made? Yes. Did the scripture say that the Son was with him? Was Jesus with God before we were made? Yes. Uh, The scripture says that uh, Jesus was in God's bosom. Uh, before we were made. It actually says that there were angels before we were made. Um, God had made heaven uh, before we were made. Uh, His place, he dwelled, wherever he was, however he was, he was before we ever were. And the idea that anyone would have the nerve to stand on a stage, proclaim themselves to be some kind of preacher, Proclaim it to be theology, which is not what he's teaching. That's not theology. That is just ridiculousness. That is ridiculous nonsense. And what he's doing is is he's putting us in a place of super importance or very high importance to God. Very close to. Yes. Very, he's making us, and this is the problem that the Bethel people have had, is that they are making themselves little gods. They're saying God would be nothing without me, so God needs me. God needs to create people. He needed to create man to be a reflection of who he was. Because how else would anybody even have known he existed? He would have just been a thought or a concept. That is absolutely 100% garbage. It is absolutely wrong. And the sad thing is, is if you sit there and listen to that, you hear the people in the background cheering and agreeing with him because they want to be important to God. They want to matter to God. They want to be someone God needs. God needs me. This is why the Bethel people didn't ask God to raise the girl from the dead. They demanded it. It's because they felt like that they were important and that God saw them as important and therefore he needs them. And so he'll do what they ask because they need him or he needs them, I should say. That
1: he should favor them as opposed to anyone else who had a loved one that passed away, a child, a mother, a whoever it might be. Right.
0: Which is ridiculous because we see this all the time. We talked about it uh, in the Bethel episode is that people, Christians, um, brothers and sisters and pastors and preachers and teachers and grandmothers and all kinds of people die and they're not raised up from the dead. So what you're telling me is you think that you're more important to God than anyone else because he's going to do what you tell him to do. And then when he doesn't do what you say, it's well, oh yeah, we were asking. No, you weren't. You were not asking at all. And so this idea that d- the question for this episode is, does does God need me? Does God need you, the listener? Does God need you? And I think any coherent, uh, thoughtful Christian would say, no, God doesn't need me. God is going to accomplish his will. He's going to accomplish his purpose. He's going to accomplish his goal of spreading the gospel with or without me. Um, it's the same idea of people who who harp on the, um, the tithing. You know, you got to give your tithe to the Lord. If you oh you're oh, you're stealing from the Lord, you got okay. I believe that people have a, a certain obligation unto the Lord. But do you honestly think that if someone doesn't give, it's going to stop God's kingdom from spreading? No, He doesn't need us. We we give to the Lord because of the abundance of our heart of how good He's been to us. That's why we should give. We don't give because we believe God is going to go broke. The idea that our church is so important to God that if we're not the ones doing it, well, nobody's gonna do it. I hate to tell you, God will raise up who he needs to raise up. In the Old Testament, God raised up prophets among the children of Israel to always warn them of their sin. He raised someone up. He would wake them up in the night. He called Samuel until he finally said, Here I am, you know, who are you looking for? Um, it's this ridiculous idea that is permeated. The current body of Christ, that we are so ultra-important to God that we can tell him what to do, or that we can ignore his own very words. And we see this, even Futric here does it. He takes the word of God and he twists it to fit his image. And at the end, he he gives a little bit of truth. He's he sprinkles a little bit on the, we're made from the dust. We can't forget that, you know? And people are like, Yeah, that's great. Oh, this is brilliant. No, this is not brilliant. This is taking the word of God and it's distorting it and twisting it to fit your own ideology, that you're so important to God that you matter so much to God that he will do whatever you tell him to do or that you have some deserved favor. This goes all the way back to what you have to understand as a Christian. You know this. You should know this from the New Testament. You should know this from the cross. You should know this from the resurrection that nothing about who I am matters. Absolutely nothing. Nothing about Natasha or Brad or any of my kids or any of the people that I know. Nothing about any of us matters. The only thing that matters is Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. That's it. That's who God needs His own son His son needs the father They need each other They cling to each other They glorify one another That's who we're supposed to glorify God is not interested in me trying to uh, You know, I was was talking about uh, The church that I, I listened to The worship music They were getting ready to go on stage and uh, one of the guys is standing there. Worship superstar. Yeah, the, the, said. the guy comes up and he rubs him on the shoulders and uh, he's like, you know, yeah, you're, you're great. You're a worship superstar, you know. And at that moment, I stopped the video because I was like, well, you're a what? You're a worship superstar. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous that we would think in our worship of God, we can be at any level higher, greater, lesser than anyone else, that we are more important than anyone else. We're important because we're on a stage playing a guitar with a light in our face. That is nonsense. And that's the kind of stuff that we have to understand. God doesn't need us. Now, God desires us. You have to understand that too. God has a desire for us to come to him. He wants us to turn from our sins. He wants us to repent. He wants to be in that right relationship. With us, but He is going to clothe us. Close up. I can't clothe even say it right. There it is. Clothe <laughs> us in His righteousness. He's not going to take our attempts at being righteous at all. It doesn't matter. Those are not going to do any good for us. So. You know, when you listen to these guys talking and these guys um, speaking, I'm not going to say preaching because that's not what it is. When you listen to them speaking, you really have to be cognizant of the word of God. You really, this is one reason we do this podcast is because we want to challenge the listener to take the time to study and learn for yourself. Even if you hear something we say that you might not agree with, you might think, you know, those two are crazy. They've got a different opinion. Uh, it could be on whatever, you know. I mean, I, I'll, I'll throw you one, right? So, uh, I'll throw you something you can you can look up and see if I'm wrong or right on. It doesn't even matter. but uh, december twenty fifth, I don't believe it's the day that Jesus was born. The majority of people might argue to my face that he did, you know, he was born that day. and, um, and there's so many biblical proofs as to why he was not born on december twenty fifth It's crazy. But listening to me, you could take my opinion and walk away from that and say, well, Brad Mason said so. But could you tell somebody, could you teach somebody else why that's right or wrong? That's the most important thing. It's not really what you're getting from me. It's what you're getting from the Word of God. Why is what Stephen Futrick said wrong? And it's because Genesis, the verses he's using in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, he's distorting the truth there, that God made us in his image so that he could prove who he was, because if not, he would have been a concept. That is the most ridiculous thing. He is ignoring other massive passages of the scripture that talk about God and his sovereignty, about God existing. The thing about, uh, I think it was, um, I can't even remember the guy's name, Uh, But there was a guy, he was talking and he was talking about God and he was talking how God has to exist. Outside of space and time and matter And all these different things And that God is outside of our current understanding God has to, listen We have the universe And we want, we know God is in it, right? But God has to be outside of the universe as well God has to be outside of time In order for time to work Because God uh, is greater than all the things that exist We know the universe exists And all these things exist And God is greater than all of that So He exists outside of that So the very idea that we would take and we would say that God is greater than the universe and God is greater than all creation and God is greater than everything and we would limit him by this finite idea that if we were not created, he would have been a concept. It doesn't even make sense because who would he have been a concept to if according if we went with Futrick's idea here um, who would have had uh, who would he who'd he been a concept to there would have been nobody around and if no one would have been made or no one would have been created then God would not exist that's what he said. I mean, are you listening? That's what he said. That's the most important thing you got to get out of this, is that he's saying we ourselves have created God. He made us in his image, but we give him life. That's what he is saying. We give God himself life because we take him out of the abstract and we put him in the real, we put him in the real time, real place here. And that is heresy. I mean, just call it what you want to call it. I'll call it that. Because we're saying that we give God some kind of life, that we matter so much to him that uh, it's what gives him his being and his purpose. And uh, that's absolutely, you know, it's it's this idea that the creation is equal to or greater than the creator. And it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I mean, honestly, I, you would expect if you heard that from anyone at any church anywhere um, that the people would have emptied out. And, well, honestly, would they? Would they have emptied out?
1: I don't know. I think him and all the other preachers, or pastors, or whatever you want to call them, are very good speakers in general. And they just, people get swept up in the the emotion of what he's talking about. And like you said, he sprinkles a little bit of truth over it. So you're like, oh, well, all of us got to be, be truthful.
0: Right. And I would well, that and honestly, I think that's part of the problem. As as those who are going to these congregations, who want to be fed, who want to learn, we have to be very careful because um, we need to be guarded to some degree. We want to be a part of the body of Christ because we belong to that body, and we want the truth in us because we have the hunger and desire for the truth. But we have to be very wary. If you hear somebody say something that is biblically uh, inaccurate, I mean, completely off the mark, um, you know. Hopefully, people that were sitting there that day that heard that said, oh, wait a minute, that doesn't really what is."
1: Well, it sounded like people were actually um, clapping.
0: Oh yeah, there were people who were absolutely, they, but it's because they're buying into the idea that God needs us We are getting to this place in society to where we think we are the most important thing that's ever existed, um, and that we, you know, everything rides on our coattails. And it's it's not only uh, secular humanism that is really huge in that. That's what they all believe. We're the highest evolved species on the planet, so we're the most important thing. That idea is um, is moving its way into, you know, the theology, as he would like to call it ridiculous um it's moving into the current church to where we're we're accepting this idea that yes we're created but we are the most important thing and we're the you know or I am not even us but i am
1: well it's the whole and it kind of not just this but it is akin to because we've had conversations about where families make their children the most important thing at the center, and everything revolves around them right not, and it shouldn't Honestly, my own humble opinion shouldn't be that way. It should be the children revolving around God in the center, mother and father, children, kind of like protons and whatever in a, in a, in a atom.
0: You went sciency on me.
1: Oops, I'm sorry. Excuse That's me. It's all right. No, but I'm just saying, like he's wanting to put us at the center, and God's revolving around us. Right. And it really, it shouldn't be that way. God should be in the center, and we are the ones revolving around Him.
0: Correct. It's and and honestly, that's the way I think the Father. Again, the Father glorifies the Son, and the Son, in turn, glorifies the Father. Um. Though those two are, it's almost like this. Um. I don't want to say it's a competing match, but I think they're they're trying to glorify each other because they're one. And so there's this constant idea that they are deserving of all. God is. Des- Deserving. Jesus is deserving. The Holy Spirit is deserving of all glory, honor, and praise that could ever come out of our mouths. And the moment that we ever start seeing our so this is the, this is what happens to these TV preachers and these big televangelists and all these people who get really famous, they start building themselves as the next greatest thing next to God. And then God jerks the rug out from under them, and there's a problem that comes up. And that sin in their life comes up and it destroys everything that that they built because they built it on them. They didn't build it on God. Um, and, and, you know, I don't want to disparage the idea that God loves us. Absolutely, John chapter 3, six, verse 3, 16, um, chapter 3, verse 16, 17, 18, 19. You can read about God so loved the whole world that he gave his only begotten son. Um, but the idea... Is that he loved it as a corporate entity? He loves everyone on this planet, and he gave his son to die for the sins of all humanity. And he's willing to sacrifice his son because he loves us so much. Because love is his nature; love is at the core of who he is. But the one thing he will not do is accept a uh, an attitude or a position of anyone who thinks that they're going to compete on his level, that they're going to be greater than he is, or that they're going to tell him what to do, or that they're even with him. That you know, Jesus. Uh, the scripture says that Jesus thought it not robbery to make himself equal with god because he was god in the flesh he didn't see it that way he was a man he was in human form but he was still god in the flesh so it was okay for him to do that do i want to do that absolutely not I'm not t- trying to rob anything from God. I am not equal with God. I've never been. I'm always the lesser. I am the the dependent. You know, when you do your taxes, you always have to list your dependents. And when you list your dependents, it says, "Well, did they live with you most of the year? Did you feed them most of the year? Did you pay the majority of their bills?" Yes. And so they're my dependents. And that's how it is with me and God. By faith and grace, I believe in him. And I am wholly dependent. I am utterly dependent. I should be just completely dependent on him. That I would be a concept, that I would not exist had he not created me. Let's flip that around, you know? What Futrick's saying there needs to be flipped around completely on its head. It needs to be that we would just be a thought had God not stopped and taken the time to speak us into existence, to speak humanity and to work with his hands in the dust and to create all of life. If he hadn't done any of that, we would have been the concept. We would have just been a thought. But God in his great love and mercy stooped down and created the universe and made a world and made all of life and everything that's in it. And without him, I am utterly lost and I would be absolutely nothing. That is the truth. That's what those people should have heard. That's what we need to hear so that when we know this and we know our place and our position with the Father, that we come before him boldly to the throne of grace, but we humbly submit ourselves to him and we offer our prayers and our petitions and we bring those things out of a grateful heart and we bring them from a spirit and in a spot inside of us that says, Lord, I am lowly and I am unworthy and I do not deserve you. And I do don't deserve the grace that you give me, but I know you're in my best interest and you're going to do uh, good for me. And you're always looking out for me. That's what we're supposed to be coming from. And so you see this, I wanted to play this, this audio because it's really unnerving and it's mainly because this group is growing. It's, it's a huge congregation. It's, it's spreading. They've uh, made a couple satellite churches around uh, North Carolina, where we live, a couple states here. And the idea is that, and, and there's more than just this one silly clip that came from him. He's got a lot more you can find. He says some crazy things. But this is really dangerous teaching. It's not theology. It is a personal opinion, personal interpretation of scripture, and is a complete mischaracterization of God and our relationship with God. Yes, God desires to have us. God desires to have a relationship with us. But there are plenty of people that God lets walk away. He lets them walk. The scripture says that the, uh, the way to hell is wide, you know, uh, but the, the path to heaven is a very narrow road. Um, and he, he's contented to let the wicked walk in their own wickedness. You know, he, he is contented to let them do that. Um, he will not, you know, he's, they're going to be judged, but he, is, he still doesn't need them to make himself relevant. He doesn't have, oh, I got I to save all those people even though they're wicked because, oh, they don't want to exist. That's not how it works. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> I didn't know if you had something you want to throw on. Well, I,
1: a few minutes ago, but
0: it's okay. I'm sorry, I got into a rant. As usual. As usual, I get into a rant. So anyway, go back and listen to the portion of, of this podcast uh, where you hear Futric talking, and uh, mull that over a little bit. Um, get your Bible out. Look at Genesis chapter one. Go all the way through. He goes. I think he uses twenty six and twenty seven because he can't justify his point with a, a whole chapter because that would be. Too easy? Too hard? I don't know. Um, But anyway, if you have a thought or an idea about this episode and you'd like to give us your opinion about what you heard and tell me how I'm wrong, that's cool. I'll take it. You can email us at theabnormalchristian at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or you can find us on Instagram. Leave a thought or a message, like, share, and subscribe, and uh, we would appreciate it. Continue to support and listen to the podcast through prayer, uh, prayer. Um, (laughs) No, we don't uh, take any money or donations or anything. We don't need it. Um, God is our grace and our mercy and our hope uh, forever and ever. Amen. And we will catch you on the next episode.
1: Amen.